0: Running.
1: Lift off. We have a lift off. It's 5 9 I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. I hope you're doing well this evening. Radar, by and large, clear. Uh, a few spotty showers south of the city, but otherwise we're good to go. So I have decided that I think I'm opposed to to taking down all the Confederate monuments. And I, I don't say that one way or the other with a lot of conviction um, because I don't know that I really particularly care. Uh, I mean, what appears to be festering wounds to some people really amounts to glorified participation trophies to a losing cause. I mean, when you think about it, and you know i i don't have a strong conviction either way but stacy abrams has come out now running for governor and she's nothing but a two bit charlatan uh, who raises a bunch of money off the left and and wastes it we should keep her in politics as long as possible cuz she keeps taking money from left wing activist groups and wasting it um she's otherwise not very successful at, at anything other than grift it seems And she wants to take down all the Confederate monuments, and she wants to scrub Stone Mountain. And, you know, while I don't have a strong conviction either way, I've got a really strong conviction that uh, the move to purge the monuments really isn't about the monuments. And once you get rid of all the Confederate monuments, the very same people, including Stacey Abrams, uh, they're going to want to go after the Founding Fathers, and they're going to go after other people that have been commemorated I mean, in Savannah, for God's sakes. They're after, uh, what? what is it, um, it, it Talmadge, the, the governor back during the segregation era. They want to change the name of the bridge now. They want to get rid of all of these things that people don't like. They, they want to, if you will, whitewash history. Uh, they want to change history. They they want to s- uh, scrap it, put it on the ash heap of history. I mean, for God's sakes, they're treating taking down these Confederate monuments as if they're taking down the monuments to dictators who have oppressed them. None of these people have lived in, under the Confederacy. None of them have. I mean, they, they want to say this is the same as taking down the, the tearing down the statues of Stalin and Lenin? or taking down the statues of Saddam Hussein, that's a load of crap. I mean, not a single person who is taking down these statues, claiming to be some sort of brave hero, has ever lived under an oppressive regime. And yet they claim that they have. They should go try this in Cuba and see if they make it out alive. Go try it in Venezuela. Go try it in Iran. Go try it in China. See what happens. And so, you know, this is why I think I'm, I'm opposed to sanding down Stone Mountain and pulling down all the Confederate monuments, because it's not really about the monuments and it's not really about the Confederate history. I mean, Stacey Abrams is trying to advance her political career on it. She, she's never, never taken this cause before. She's just doing it now because it's the, what the progressives want. And once this is over, it'll be something else. They'll move from the Civil War to the Founders. They'll move from the Founders to the 1950s and 60s. They'll move from that to people. I mean, we already see them. Look at uh, Kelvin Cochran, the former fire chief of Atlanta. They they didn't like what he had to say in a book written to his church. He had to be driven from his job. I mean, the the left, they've always got a cause. It, It is akin to a religion, and they're claiming it's about the monuments, and it's not. And I just think if you take down the Confederate monuments, if you sand down Stone Mountain, well, then it's going to be something else. And you've already given in to the first. So you'll have to give in to the second. You, you won't have any grounds by which to object to giving in to the second because you've already given in to the first. I think you have to draw a line in the sand and say, no, we're not taking down these monuments. These are monuments from a bygone era. They are places to park pigeon poop. No one really pays much attention to them. And the people who claim to be aggrieved, uh, well, it's it's time everybody move on. Go on to something else. Because you do this, it's going to be something else, and there's going to be something else, and pretty soon it's going to be going after people. I mean, in some cases, it already is. I just, you can't give in to these people. I just don't think you can. Listen, one of the things that I think we have to concede about the president is that he really isn't a great messenger for the side that he claims to represent. And what I mean by that is. He should have come out Saturday and condemned the white supremacists. And had he, the stories would have been completely different because he gave his press conference before the young lady was killed. So if the president had come out and acted with moral clarity and condemned the white supremacists, the news stories would have been different. But he didn't do that. He, he, he did the both sides stuff. And so then on Monday, he comes out and he clarifies and he bashes the white supremacists as he should, gets them all upset and outraged, which is fine. But then yesterday he comes out and he says there were good folks on both sides, which just gave the press ammunition to go after him again. And the way he said that and then did the whole uh, both sides are to blame. And by the way, what he said is true. Antifa showed up for a fight in Charlottesville, and I know the press doesn't want to talk about it. I know the left doesn't want to talk about it, but they want to give um, moral status to these Antifa goons who are nothing but the fascists they claim to be protesting they are just as bad as the white supremacists. They are. The people who are tearing down Confederate statues without government permission, the people who are harassing the police, the people throwing Molotov cocktails, for God's sake, the left-wing protesters burned down the Texas governor's mansion with Molotov cocktails. That got very little press coverage. That happened several years ago. But the president, the way he has handled this, he's allowed people to give the left-wing protesters have passed. He's allowed people like Mitt Romney to come out and say, oh, no, Mr. President, we can't we can't do both sides are to blame. This was because of the white supremacists. And, you know, he, he is right. It is. Uh, no one would have been in Charlotte protesting but for the white supremacists. And for God's sakes, we got people calling this program saying it was a legitimate protest and it just got hijacked by the white supremacists. You don't let white supremacists hijack your event. You don't do it. The Tea Party didn't do it. Back in 2010, the Tea Party had white supremacists try to show up and they were chased away from the protests. And the president has just allowed this to get out of hand. He has allowed it through his own words and actions. He has allowed people to let Antifa off the hook. The president, by his press conference yesterday, he was right about George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. I mean, by God, the the leftists are already out there today saying he was right that yeah, the, you got to go after George Washington, you got to go after Thomas Jefferson. They're proving his point, but it's not getting nearly as much attention as the the White House Business Council being wound down. They all quit, so the president said, "No, no, I'm firing you." Essentially, he screwed this up. His words, his press conference, a different leader could have turned the focus appropriately to pointing out that the white supremacists were to blame, but we also need to point out Antifa showed up looking for a fight. A different person could stand up and point out that there have been far more left-wing protests that have turned violent. Thankfully, no one's gotten killed at those, unlike Charlottesville. But because of the way the president handled it, the way the president came out and said there were good folks on both sides, but there were white supremacists in Antifa, and, and they both were to blame, didn't do a good job of that. And he's made it harder for those of us who think Antifa is just as bad to be able to prosecute that case. I really, really think that the president and the White House need to figure out a way to reset this conversation. The problem is that they figured out the way on Monday and they did it. And then the president came out Tuesday and dug himself a hole. I don't know that he's capable of staying on message, and increasingly when the president goes off message, he makes things worse for his own side, and that's not going to help any of us because these Antifa people are seeking to have a moral high ground, and they really are just as bad as the white supremacists. Hello there. It is 26 after the hour. Y'all, people have lost their damn minds over this eclipse. You know, I got a friend of mine who won't sign the waiver for his kid to watch the eclipse because he's convinced that his kid's eyeballs are going to be damaged because he heard about the recall of some solar glasses. As if the school is going to hand out the kid solar glasses solar eclipse glasses and they haven't checked the recall i mean for god's sakes i'm sure somebody went out and tested them to make sure they're not going to burn out eyeballs people are freaking out about the eclipse do you know i have got friends of mine who remember an eclipse back in the 80s when they were in school it was a partial eclipse i remember this back in the early 80s there's only a partial eclipse in the south but there were kids whose schools made them close the blinds and watch it on tv yeah no I, i'm i'm not kidding People are losing their minds about this. Scared to death to look up at the sun with solar, you know, just go get a pair of the solar eclipse glasses and look, if there's no damage to your eyes, there's no damage to your eyes. I mean, you're not going to go blind taking a glance at the sun, for God's sakes. I I just, wow. Or, you know, just risk one eye. Put your hand up over the other eye. I mean, at least you'll have one good eye. It's like the old joke my dad used to tell about the, the... Sister Susie she she fell over the balcony and was holding on and and the preachers yelled at the back and and said whoever looks up at sister Susie under her dress is going to go blind and the old man in the back covered up one eye and said I'm old I can risk one eye I that's just just covering I, I mean people you're just the, the hysteria over this, I mean, you would think it is the apocalypse. No, it's just a solar eclipse. It'll last 30 seconds in North Georgia, the total eclipse. It'll last up to two minutes the further you go up into North Carolina and, and Tennessee. But come on, let your kids watch the eclipse. Thirty-nine After the hour, y'all, I'm I'm sitting here texting with a friend of mine who is the, he's the CEO of a business, kind of active in politics, although he tries to keep his nose out of it because the industry he's in can be very full of social justice warriors. And we're both of the consensus that something's got to give. We're seven months in to the Trump presidency. And it's exhausting. And I don't know that it ends well. One way or the other, I just feel like something wicked this way comes. I mean, while we are all sitting around yelling at each other over white supremacists and Antifa, and the left is pretending that Antifa are pure as the driven snow, North Korea is getting nuclear weapons. Russia is saber-rattling and looking at uh, making further incursions into Ukraine. Uh, The president, by the way, uh, wants to to kiss up to Vladimir Putin. You got a situation deteriorating in Venezuela. You've got Cuba running uh, surreptitious uh, weapons tests on American diplomats using uh, high-powered ultra-frequency sounds. You've got ISIS around the world plotting. There's a new report out that ISIS is trying to uh, build bombs to go on American subways. If you've been to the airport lately, there's something else going on now. Every electronic larger than your cell phone has to come out of your bag because of reports of what they've been plotting. And we're sitting around. With the president distracted by claiming that there were good people on both sides. And by the way, you've got a bunch of presidential apologists out there saying he didn't really say that. He didn't really mean it. I read the damn transcript, people. He did say it. There were good people on both sides. Don't you, listen. At some point, you just got to stop defending the guy. But you can't help it. Because you think if it's not him, then it's the other side and you don't like the other side. And I get that. We don't want social justice warriors in charge. And we see what will happen if they did get in charge. But something's got to give. I mean, this is exhausting seven months in. It really is. Three and a half more years of this? I just, I, is something, this on a, a daily basis for four years is not sustainable. And I don't know what happens, but when you've got all these other events in the world and we're all distracted over Confederate monuments and people grandstanding and local politicians, I mean, for God's sakes, you've got local politicians in Georgia who are trying to grandstand and, and side with Antifa about taking down these statues. And do you know why they're doing it, by the way? They're doing it because they're hoping Antifa comes for them last. That's all. They don't really believe it. None of these people really believe it. They don't care about the statues. They're just trying to fundraise off of. They're trying to get in good with the left. They see what these left-wing activists did for John Ossoff. They want in on the money. This is what Stacey Abrams is doing. She couldn't care less. She just wants in on the money. She's using this as her way to become governor of Georgia, and it's not going to work. She just wants to be the nominee so she can control money and be the the so-called figurehead of the party. I expect this to become a litmus test on the Democratic Party in the South, and the, the left might as well just concede the South altogether. I mean, because, you know, I've got black Democrat friends of mine who are pissed off by this, who just think it's nonsense that all these statues do is sit around collecting pigeon poop. Why stir the pot? Why get people who've never had to care about these statues, who don't care about the statues, who never gave them a day's thought, suddenly get them up in arms and pissed off because people are trying to come tear down statues and rewrite history? I mean, are we going to civil war? I don't know. Are we going to world war? I don't know. Is there going to be violence on the streets? It looks more and more likely. And, you know, the left is totally emboldened to be even more violent because you've got even the media out there saying how wonderful these Antifa people are, that they're heroic people standing against fascists. No, they're fascists in and of themselves. These are like kissing cousins between the Nazis and the communists. I mean, you've got Chris Cuomo of CNN, who is such a dolt out there tweeting World War II photos of American soldiers fighting Nazis, claiming that that's the alt-left at work. No, it's not. You know what the alt-left at work is? It's Joseph Stalin sending people off to uh, gulag camps in Siberia. That's the alt-left. But the media doesn't want to talk about that. They, they don't want to put that spin on it. Something's got to give. This three and a half more years of this is not sustainable. It's just not. So a Chicago pastor wants um, President Washington's name taken off of a park. Because Washington owns slaves, this doesn't end. Again, you know, I've never really cared much about the Confederate statues or monuments one way or the other. I'm I'm sure being from the South, uh, I had people in my family who fought on the Confederate side. I I know there were people who fought on the Union side. I know there were people who fought in the Revolutionary War. My mother's in the DAR. But it's never really affected me. But now that they want to tear these statues down, and all I can think is, no, if you give in to this— They're just going to up the ante. This is like negotiating with terrorists. You don't do it. You don't tear down the statues because first it's the Confederates and then it's the founders and then it's others. And then they come after people and they round up the people. But, you know, can we concede, though, that the white supremacists make this make it easy for the left? I mean, nobody likes the white supremacists. Everybody hates them. You had that little monster in Charleston, South Carolina, who guns the people down in a church. Suddenly, the Confederate flag comes down. Made it real easy to take the Confederate flag down at the South Carolina State Capitol. You got the white supremacists uh, run a car into the crowd and kill a girl this weekend. Made it real easy to take the statues down in Baltimore. Let the cops stand aside in Durham as the statues come down. And I swear to you, some of these white supremacists, they understand it, and they just think it helps with recruiting. They're okay that they undermine their own cause. They're okay that they embolden the left. They're okay that they make it easier for the left to tear these statues down and rewrite history because they think that they can feed off the angst and recruit new members. It is not an easy thing to be in the middle and look at both sides and think they're both wrong. Because so much of the world right now, the media in particular, the loud voices in the room, they want you to pick a side. You're either with the white supremacists or you're with the people fighting the white supremacists. But uh, those of us who don't have scales on our eyes look and realize the so-called people who are fighting the white supremacists, the Antifas and folks of the world, they're just as bad as the white supremacists. And there aren't enough voices willing to call them out, too. And unfortunately, the president doesn't make our job easier because when he does it, he manages to screw it all up. 56 After the Hour, Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Let's go to the phones. HB in Atlanta, you're up first. Welcome.
0: I had static just in, Eric. Uh, Yep,
1: you're here.
0: Um... I was looking today because I didn't – I haven't found anybody who had talked about the origin of the decision to take it down, and I see that it was the councilman in Charlottesville. What's behind these guys? Well, how can five people make such a decision? Um, (laughs) And I understand from reading on the web that even that meeting got heated.
1: No. Yes. Um, so you've got a bunch of grifter Democratic politicians who are seeing the money being raised on the left right now, like Stacey Abrams here in Georgia, and thinking if they latch onto this cause, they can use it as a fundraising effort to advance their careers. Uh, they don't care about the, the the division and the divisiveness and the wake because they're trying to advance their own career. Meanwhile, you've got left-wing activists out there who are using this as a, a way to insert themselves into the conversation and build themselves up. Um, they've taken this is a, a spitoff if you will of organizing for America the president's political action campaign. They needed something to do. they decided to go after the Confederate statues.
0: Engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.
1: It is nine after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. Uh, There are some thunderstorms firing up on the south side of the city in a line from Forest Park down to Jackson, uh, just north of McDonough right now, and Stockbridge just to the east of Stockbridge and Locust Grove as well. Um, But uh, that's about it on the radar. Do you know your next-door neighbor? I mean, do you know your next-door neighbor? Not do you know your next-door neighbor's name, but do you know your next-door neighbor? Do you spend time... With your next door neighbor, do you engage with your next door neighbor? If you are out of town, is your next door neighbor someone that you would be okay with watching your apartment or watching your home? I I ask because I, I I've got a stronger and stronger sense ever since I started writing my book uh, for my kids, and I, I've just I've got a, a stronger sense that part of what is happening in our country today is a breakdown in physical community as we've gone online. You know Twitter is not going to walk your dog and Facebook is not going to water your flowers and YouTube is not going to deliver a meal when you're sick. They're just not. Your next-door neighbor might, your church might, person down the road from you might. In the same way, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, they're not going to take care of the poor person down the road from you, but you might. But we've turned inward as a society, I think. Uh, we've turned to self-selected communities that we build online. I mean, most of my friends today who I regularly interact with, I rarely see in person. In fact, a great many of them, when we started Red State, it was several years before I met them face-to-face, but they had become some of my very best friends. Talk to them every day. talk to them more than I talked to my parents. And I eventually became aware... Uh, Several years in a running red state that I needed to get people in a room face to face. It was one thing to build a digital community, but they're completely different from offline in-person communities. And people need actual community. People need company. You know, there is a trend going on in uh, the country now, particularly among married men where they have less and less friends, and I hate the term bros, but I saw, I guess it was a John Piper article the other day, that dudes need bros was basically the, the story that, you know, men need guy friends to get out of the house with and, and go have a beer with. I know I'm terrible about it. Uh, I am always at home. If, if I'm not in Atlanta, I, am, I never get out of the house. But the breakdown in community we're seeing offline is building communities online where in those communities, everyone thinks the same. Everyone believes the same thing. You you never encounter someone who disagrees with you. And if you do, that they're, they're evil. They're bad. They're the opponent. They're, they're not part of your community. They are exiled. Everybody does it. And that's one reason I like Instagram so much is because rarely do I put anything political on Instagram. I put a lot of cooking pictures. I I put a lot of pictures of of the dog and and, uh, my photography that I've been doing. My, my wife decided I needed a new hobby besides cooking. She insisted I take a photography class. So now I got a fancy camera and I take pictures of the food that I cook and I put all those pictures up, but uh, people need actual neighbors and, Actual friends and people to go hang out with and have a beer at a restaurant. And that's happening less and less. And what is happening to build new communities is something that really isn't healthy. So what's happening now is is a lot of people are organizing online. Uh, And they're taking those online groups and they're building some level of offline community around them. But the level of community that they're building is a community revolving around the cause. Like I was talking about yesterday, people don't go to church anymore. They have a cause and the cause becomes their their religion, their church. Uh, It's the way they nourish their soul. And the communities that they're building are, are single-mindedly focused on this. People, that they go to the, the rally, they go to the protest, they go organize for the protest, they go make the signs for the protest, and they're surrounded with like-minded people. And we are losing our ability, our ability, if I can talk, as a result to have a conversation with someone we may not see eye to eye with. We can have a conversation, I know this is hard for some of you, But you can be a Georgia fan and have a conversation with someone who's an Auburn fan, however disgusting that person may be for rooting for Auburn. At least they're not a tech fan. I realize that. I I realize some of you feel that way. But still, you can do that. But it is harder and harder for people to have a conversation with someone who disagrees with them politically because we more and more don't encounter people who we disagree with politically. We surround ourselves with people who we're not going to have to debate, we're not going to have to defend, uh, and because people just feel like they got to talk politics these days. It would be very interesting to actually see people go back to cooking meals and sitting around a table and inviting their neighbors over. I, I I wonder what that would do to the the mental health of the country because you know as I said the last hour I I don't know that three and a half more years of this is sustainable, I, I think something's got to give. And I don't know what gives, but I think something's got to give. Um, every day, the, this amped up tension, and, and a lot of sides, it's not just the left that wants these amped up tensions. There are others who want it. The white supremacists do. I think to some degree, the some of the Trump supporters do. They, they want the pressure amped up because they want the rally around your guy. But my sense is more and more people are starting to burn out of it. I mean, I don't like having to talk about it every day. I, I don't like having to do it. I'm, I, You know, I'm thinking of getting a kayak, and I I, I I, sit inside, sit on top. I don't know. I think I want to sit inside. But just to get away from it all, go, go sit on a lake somewhere. I don't even really fish, but just to unplug and get away. It's starting to wear me out, and, you know, I do it for a living. I can only imagine what those of you who just, uh, I'm keeping company on the way home. You're really listening more to, to Doug and the Chris than to me. I'm just the, the filler in between the traffic reports and the news, but you, you got to be exhausted from it. But I, how many of you really know your neighbor? How many of you have a social outlet beyond a political party or a political cause? Beyond some cause? And see, I, I think probably knowing the demographic of this audience, many of you do, but I bet you the vast majority of the protesters don't. I bet you the vast majority of the protesters don't go to church. They don't know their neighbor. They don't associate with people in their community unless they're fellow activists agreeing on the same cause. And they, they claim to give lip service to wanting to take care of the poor people in their neighborhood, the, the poor man down the street, the homeless guy under the bridge, but they don't. They, they, they pour themselves into the cause and they think the cause will help those people. And that, I think, is why we're starting to see the societal breakdown here. I mean, you know, in the 1960s, we had this too. In the late 60s, with the baby boomers and the protests and the Vietnam War and all that. But what we had then was law enforcement still functioned. And we're having less law enforcement functioning now. Look at what happened in Durham. The police just stood by while the lawbreakers tore down the statue. Only afterwards did they arrest. When law enforcement ceases to function, there's actually, that's kind of a a later sign. Uh, There are advanced things that have already happened to break down society. And I really do think that it is the breakdown in local community, the inability to have a conversation with people we may disagree with politically and try to find things in common, whether a sports team or a hobby or family matters or what have you. Uh, conversation becoming a lost art. I I really, I I believe that strongly. I've written about it in my book, and it's part of my advice to my kids is learn how to cook so you can have people come over from your church community and elsewhere, feed your neighbors, people in need. Um, Cooking is becoming a lost art, and it corresponds with the breakdown in community, the inability of people to cook, because people aren't having people over anymore. They're, They're all online on Facebook and You're not going to feed each other on Facebook and Facebook ain't going to walk your dog when you're sick or gone. People need to know their neighbors. I think if these Antifa people and these white supremacist people actually took the time to know their neighbors and their local community, they would be less likely to protest and more likely to actually, well, roll up their sleeves and get to work fixing real problems instead of imagining new problems with which to crusade against. One T six after the hour, Eric Erickson here on WSB. You can sleep well on a Certa Eye Comfort Temp Touch at Mattress Firm. It's a well, you can get it at Mattress Firm. You don't go there to sleep. You can actually have the mattress delivered to your house. It's a memory foam mattress with cooling technology. It's designed to support every curve of your body. With queen mattresses at an unbeatable value, thirty nine dollars a month for thirty six months. Plus you can get free box springs with your purchase. Nobody sells cool comfort for less, so only at Mattress Firm. And they got the Beautyrest Black Hybrid. It's a memory touch, a multi-touch memory foam mattress. It's got individual pocketed coils. It's memory foam. pocket of golds i have one of these and it is glorious let me tell you or you can get the dream bed deluxe for 39 dollars a month for six years great financing options right now at mattress firm Uh, you can call 866-780-6220 for credit costs and terms it's subject to credit approval those are the fine lines the government makes us read but nonetheless got a huge selection of great beds at mattress firm if you want a better night's sleep get in there today y'all i'm dealing with braces and it sucks. Thankfully, I don't have the the metal. I've got the Invisalign ones, but my goodness, I feel like I'm going back through through high school years. And now I'm also going to a trainer. I have been to the gym every day nonstop for the last two weeks. It is miserable. This is one reason I'm thinking of getting a kayak. I just can't make up my mind on what type I want. I keep thinking I want to sit in, and then everybody else says get a sit on top, and I don't know but good Lord, I've got parts of my body I didn't know existed. And the only reason I know they exist is because they hurt. That's that's it. I have less parts of my body now than I did two weeks ago, though. My goodness, it's amazing. What Going to the gym two weeks, and then weighing everything you eat. Although I came up with this fascinating dessert. I saw it kind of in like a, a um, oh, Cook's Illustrated, but I didn't like what they did. So I made my own brownie on the bottom, chocolate mousse on top of that. White chocolate mousse on top of that and Oreos on top of that. It was amazing. It was totally amazing. Looking at it, I could feel myself bloat. It was fantastic though. It really was. We've still got some at home. I but I have to weigh every little piece that I eat now because my trainer actually looks at my food to see what I'm eating. And then I gotta go to the gym every day and do these god-awful exercises. But it works. It's working. I got a book tour coming up in October. Uh, I was talking with with folks about doing a TV show. I don't think the TV thing's going to happen now. At least I'm not holding my breath on it, but I figure still couldn't hurt to get myself in shape. You know widescreen TVs make you even wider and God knows I'm wide enough, so I refuse to go up a pant size. Now I got to get the kayak and actually get on the water and get sunburned and stuff. We'll be back with your phone calls and actual news in a few minutes. It's 40 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB just so happens to be the nation's most listened to news talk station. The phone number 404 872 750 WSB Talk. Let's go to the phones. Barry in Atlanta. You are next. Welcome. Hi, Eric.
0: How you doing? Good to talk to you today.
1: You too. How are you?
0: Excellent. Hey, I had a, uh, a theory that I've kind of been working on in my mind for a while. I wanted to run by you you're talking about the loss of community. I've always found it kind of troublesome of why the urban communities seem to vote so much more left and liberal, and and oftentimes that means away from God. And I'm wondering if if you wake up every morning and when you look out the window, all you see is man-made items. There's nothing that God makes in the downtown urban areas other than a tree here or there. And everything you touch on your way to work is man-made, and everything you encounter all through your day is man-made, and then you go home and you do it all over again. Do you suppose that has a big effect on people and the way they feel and the way they vote?
1: You know, it might, but if if you allow – I think you may have it in reverse order. I think that you get people who self-congregate among like minds and then build temples to themselves that reflect their values. Uh, and it just it becomes a, if nothing else, a reinforcing feedback loop. Um, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, you, you look around, you see all these things, and, and I mean, well, it's kind of like the Tower of Babel. We don't need God. We can be God. We can build the tower ourselves. Uh, yeah. And it creates that feedback loop. But I, I really think what we're seeing, and I think uh, electorally we're seeing this uh, bear out, is that liberals love cities. Conservatives, not so much uh, because you get people in cities, it's easier to regulate them and liberals like to be regulated. So they get into cities and uh, they, they, they crowd everyone out. I mean, we're even seeing with with black citizens in Atlanta and, and elsewhere in the nation uh, that gentrification is driving up costs and chasing them out of cities. Uh, you got a bunch of skinny jeans wearing white hipsters and a lot of plaid and flannel in the South in the middle of summer who are sweating to death. And thank God they're so hot down there with their skinny jeans they can't procreate. And they're driving out the people who can into the suburbs and rural areas. And then, you know, that their ideas, they're all environmental hippies, uh, you know, wannabes. And they want mass transit because they don't want to have to get a real job and get a car. And they want to shirk their responsibilities and build a social safety net within a city where all these things can happen for them to give them their lifestyle. Eventually, some of them grow up, hit puberty in their 30s and decide to get married and realize that, you know what, I want a family. And I don't necessarily want the government telling me what to do anymore. And I don't want to have mandatory composting. So they move out into the suburbs and they realize, oh, I I can have a land and I can take ownership in something and not renting from a landlord. And they suddenly find themselves more conservative. By the way, did you know San Francisco has mandatory composting? They actually have police officers who go trash can to trash can to see if you have food in your trash can and you get fined and they want to take this statewide. It is, I swear to you, the, the hippies in Athens are going to start doing it and you're going to find all the, the, the liberals in Atlanta wanting to do it. I mean, some of them already do. I, I know people down in the old Fourth Ward who have chickens in their backyard. I, you know, my wife and I live next to a couple that had chickens and I I don't really have anything wrong with you living with chickens in your yard, but you live in a freaking city and your next door neighbor has a new baby and you've got a rooster crowing at five o'clock in the morning. My wife tried to drown this people's rooster. I mean, have a chicken, just don't have a rooster in the city. Or if someone does violence to you, I don't know that it can be condoned, but I don't know that I would actually say anything. I mean, there's that. By the way, speaking of cities and, and rural areas, did you know they're, they're expecting the population of small towns in North Georgia and southern North Carolina to not even double? I mean, not even quintuple. Like, they're going from 800 people to they're expecting eight to 10,000 people this weekend. We're going to a cabin in North Georgia, and we're thinking we're going to have to pack up all of our food and take with us because we're not going to be able to get in a grocery store or a McDonald's up there. All the people going to see the Eclipse. And a, a lot of it is last-minute planning too. We were actually going to go to Nashville. I'm a little bit ticked off with my kids' school. We were going to Nashville. I got us a nice room at a hotel. I even had a balcony. It faced in the right direction. I mean, I mapped everything out to go to Nashville. Uh, it, Brad Thor was thinking he, we were going to crash with him. He got his feelings hurt. I was going to stay in a hotel. I wasn't going to. My kids were going to go crash his pool, and we were going to abandon our kids with the Thors. But in any event. We're not going now because our kids' school decided to do the open house for middle school that night, and I tried to persuade them to change it because I know a lot of people who are going out of town, but they wouldn't do it. So now we're going to North Georgia, which is okay. We're going north of Blue Ridge. We'll still be in the actual 100% eclipse zone, and we'll go. and Apparently, it'll be dark all the way to like Macon, but it won't be the total eclipse. I got the filter for my telescope. I got a filter for my, my long-distance telephoto zoom lens for my Sony camera. I intend to take pictures of the sucker. You can follow me on Instagram and see those pictures. But they're expecting, they, I, I heard like Blue Ridge is expecting an additional 15,000 people. There is not an available campsite in North Georgia. There is a, which reminds me, okay, side story, I realize i got to go to a break, but I took the kids out to Arizona this past summer. And we drove from Sedona up to Flagstaff. And there are all these little campsites. And the kids kept noticing every time you would drive past one of these campsites, they were just filled up. There was not an available camping spot. And every time the kids, even Christy, is like, man, there are skunks all over this place. And we finally got past the third campsite where we smelled yet another skunk. And I finally looked at them and said, y'all, that's not skunks. And they're like, well, what animal is it? I said, it's it's not an animal. They are burning a certain plant, smoking a certain plant. That is that is not a skunk. These people are potheads. They had no idea. And I expect that we're going to have a bunch of potheads in North Georgia this weekend with us, waiting for the eclipse. I'm sure we'll have a bunch of wiccans up there too, throwing chicken bones and nonsense, because they want the they want the eclipse. At least I'll have like my own private cabin somewhere. Good lord. after the hour here in Atlanta. Oh, I suppose I should be your weather forecaster for a moment. There is actually rain out there on the south side of the city. Uh, Conley, Georgia. I didn't even know we had a Conley, Georgia. Basically right over 675, there's hail right now. It'll go away here in a little bit. I can see it on the radar And then there's slight, well, heavy rain just to the east of Stockbridge. But otherwise, things are clear. I'm going to a fine dinner in North Georgia tonight and that there is no rain on the radar there. You know, can we bring this full circle to the beginning of the hour? Because one of the things that is just aggravating to me. I've got some friends in studio with me right now and I was talking about this. The the people comparing Antifa to the protesters who tore down the statues of Lenin and Stalin at the fall of the Soviet Union or the end of, of the Eastern European Iron Curtain coming down or after Saddam Hussein. I mean, how proud and mighty these people see themselves when they're just a bunch of masked thugs. None of the people who tore down the statues of Lenin and Stalin had to wear masks over their face. And a lot of these people do. Why? Because they're breaking the law. And by the way, they they haven't lived under an oppressive regime that killed people and threw them in meat grinders and sent them to gulags. Now, the fact that they see themselves this way, the fact that that idiot Chris Cuomo on CNN sees them this way should tell you everything you need to know about that dimwit. Oh, my lord, these people, they're insufferable.